Shut up and sit down. What's up, guys? Welcome to the show.、Uh, we are bringing you episode 35 of The Quiet Part Loud.、Uh, my name is Daryl. I'm your host, as always, and it is good to be here. We are back,、uh, first show after the long weekend, which was,、um, which was great.、Uh, it's always great to have an extra day,、uh, not to be you know, bogged down with work and spend a little bit of time relaxing. And when it's sunny, as it has been, it's all the better. And,、uh, and you have to take advantage of that. So, get outside, barbecue, you know, do all that, get that vitamin D in you、um, because you never know when that's going to disappear and turn into what we have the very next day, which is a, a wet and dreary London.、Um, but, nevertheless, feeling rested, feeling good, and feeling positive because we've come back after the long weekend.、Um, With some fantastic news coming out of Ireland,、um, where they have reversed the ban on abortion、uh, in the country, which is you know, obviously positive, positive news for women, for women's rights, for human rights,、um, and you know, goes another big step into handing the reproductive rights solely back over to the women and removes the necessity for those. For,、uh, for those individuals that are in need of abortions to actually go out of the country, fly internationally in some cases,、uh, to have a procedure done safely、uh, rather than you know, looking to the black market or some other nefarious、uh, methods of, of dealing with you know, an unwanted pregnancy. And You know, it's, it's a great step, but it's, a, it's, you know, it's long overdue. It's long overdue. And now we're just waiting for Northern Ireland to come around as well because if, you know, if you take the sense and, and the temperature of the things that I've been reading, you know, the vast majority of those in Northern Ireland, Northern Ireland support this.、Um, Ban on abortion being reversed as well.、Um, obviously, there's some political implications there as well because the DUP、um, are the leading party there and they are the partners in the coalition with Theresa May.、Um, and obviously, remembering back, they are the party that basically kept her in a job. So they're, they're holding this over her, or at least there's going to be some serious talks because it's one of the party platforms、uh, for the DUP is to be staunchly conservative on issues like this. And it's going to be interesting how she responds because she is a known and you know, self-proclaimed feminist. Um, and you know, I've, I've talked about my issues with that, but I think she's more of a feminist in the kind of traditional sense, which causes some conflict of interest, surely based on the political affiliation she has now with the DUP and her own you know, stated personal opinions and views on this. So, you know, again, kind of an interesting marker on what she's going to do to react、uh, to. Kind of like I said, the sense in Northern Ireland that the majority of people there would not oppose this, however, they do still you know, have the DUP in power, so、uh, it's kind of interesting, and we'll have, we'll have to see how it plays out. But nevertheless, for 
for Ireland, it's it's a beautiful thing. And, and of course, you see the other side of it, and this it's the religious side of it, because that's the reason uh, that abortion in that country was illegal in the first place, and the reason it's been illegal, you know, in so many other places, it's a religious motivation, right? It is a, it is an association of sin, of murder, um, and of societal breakdown. This is what the conservative, you know, religious folks in, uh, in Ireland view abortion as, and even immediately after this ban was overturned, you see religious figures from it within the country stating that anybody that voted for this ban to be overturned is no longer welcome in their parish, in their church. Um, Not welcome, you know. These preachers are saying, if you believe in abortion, you're not welcome here. How compassionate is that from our religious leaders? And this is not a new tale. Let's not forget, you know, the the Saint Mother Teresa has received effectively a Nobel Peace Prize for her work for humanitarian aid. And I put humanitarian aid in big, big quotation marks. but she is outrightly, she outrightly stated, you know, she's passed now, but she outrightly stated that the greatest threat to society is abortion. She made a speech in Ireland where she categorically said, let there be not one single abortion and doubled down on that stupid fucking statement by saying, let there be no contraceptive as well. And if you don't believe me, I'm going to play you a clip of it. Um, because she's held up in this saintly regard where if you go to her, you know, if you look back at her missionaries in India, let's say, uh, where it was, you know, mission, like one of her places, was, I think was called like, uh, like missionary of the dead or something or like place of the dying or some shit. You've got kids in there. You've got adults in there that are suffering from terminal cancer that she refused to even give a, a an aspirin to. Um, you know, you've got kids that uh, there was one account of by a by a journalist that said uh, she found a 15 year old boy that was deathly ill from a from a very very simple kidney infection um, that could have been treated by antibiotics, but wasn't allowed to have them under the uh, rules and guidelines of Mother Teresa, um, Teresa of Calcutta's uh, missionary. And like I said, well, I mean, if we're, if I divert into the, into the Mother Teresa area for a minute, I mean, she was just a PR uh, propaganda, uh, just a pawn really for the Catholic church to go around, you know, preaching this feeble old like saintly woman that does nothing but help people uh, to gather donations for the Catholic church. I mean, she was barely ever in um, Calcutta where her main kind of station of operations was supposed to be. Uh, She was always here, there and everywhere. Right. I mean, she met 
Uh, what was the guy's name? Duvalier in Haiti, who was a dictator who lived in exile. Um, after his people revolted and after he had performed a junta um, and a, effectively a coup on that country, started enslaving people, disappearing people. She was she visited him and has again stated um, how just incredible. She'd never seen anything like his treatment of people because it was so saintly and so um, so fantastic. Um, I mean, if you scratch a little bit, you 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 see that the persona of her is complete bullshit. And even on her deathbed, she effectively renounced all of her beliefs and said that she never really believed them anyways. You know, she was like, I never heard God speak to me. He never answered me. Um, I question his existence, like all of this stuff. Um, but yet they say her organization was worth at one point upwards of like 50, 60 million dollars. So she was a massive PR machine and she had a major, I'm not just going bad on this woman for no reason, right? It's poignant because the overturning of this abortion ban in Ireland comes after they suffered a history of people making claims like this. Listen to this. Let us promise our lady who loves Ireland so much that we will never allow in this country a single abortion. And no contraceptives. I mean, from the horse's mouth, right? Held up by the, the figureheads of the church in that country as the greatest woman this ever existed and surely a living saint, you know, proselytizing to the, to the downtrodden and the desperate that no matter if they're raped, no matter if they're abused, no matter what the circumstances, no abortion, but no contraception either. I mean, I'm so happy for the women of Ireland that this is something that they've been finally granted. Um, and I just, you know, off the back of that, just want to say to anybody that opposes a woman's right to have abortions, fuck you. How about that? Um, who the fuck are you and who the fuck is anybody to tell a woman what she can or cannot do? Except a doctor who can assess her from a medical perspective and say, hey, this actually might be a dangerous procedure because of X, Y, and Z conditions um, or reasons. But I'm not advocating either that birth control you know, or abortion is used as a form of birth control, right? Obviously, I'm not saying that. It would be irresponsible, Um to say the least, not to mention detrimental to the physical well-being of the woman choosing that sort of a route. But I also don't think that there's many women out there that would be that ignorant to themselves uh, to even, you know, venture into that. Um, what's more dangerous than allowing a woman the right to choose what she does if circumstances befall her body 
is telling her she absolutely cannot take certain measures, like you can't take an abortion or have an abortion and you should never be able to use contraceptives. I mean, it, it, like that clip that I just played you, is that the most irresponsible statement that you could possibly make as a woman to a group of women? Again, you know, we hold beware false prophets and uh, what is it? Prophets and false idols or something like that. I mean, I mean, you could go on, but I'd rather refer you to uh, an expert on the subject. And if you want a little good, a good little read on exactly what she was all about, I would suggest uh, reading The Missionary Position by Christopher Hitchens. Uh, it's about... 95 pages, but it is so succinctly written that it doesn't need any more than that. Um, and the great thing about it is you can check all this stuff afterwards and it all checks out. Everything in that book that he says about her is absolute fact. So have a look into it because, you know, it's people like that, figureheads like that, that you know, come from, you know, these monotheistic religions that are so conservative uh, in their practices that they do more harm than they do good. So again, to the women of, uh, of the uh, Republic of Ireland, congratulations. It's, um, it's a huge, huge step and, uh, and long overdue. So welcome to Welcome to the party, Ireland. Welcome to the to uh, to the civilized world. Because again, long overdue. But uh, yeah, I, I just want to start on that because I thought it was such a great piece of news. But obviously, you got to cover you know the the dog shit as well because it's out there and it's uh, it's still active because the UK as a whole yet does not is not able to say the UK is. Uh, is a woman's choice United Kingdom. It's not there yet. We need uh, Northern Ireland on board as well. So more work to be done, but the tides have most clearly and definitively shifted uh, because it was a landslide uh, victory for this decision in Ireland. 68%, I think it was. Um, so yeah, let's keep it rolling. Let's keep it rolling. In absurd news, uh, the Netherlands have uh, just announced that they're gonna they're considering, uh, actually the courts have ruled uh, that a third gender should be recognized. So I mean, again, I'm not a scientist, right? I'm not a biologist, but pretty sure it's XX and XY is what determines gender. You can feel like a worm wearing a top hat and driving a Ferrari if you want to, but that's your identity. If you think that you're a seven-year-old boy, but you're a 48-year-old woman, that's identity. You can feel like that. You can identify as that if you want to, as so long as you don't hurt anybody, but your gender is what it is. And if you change it, then you go the other way, and that's your gender. Right? That's okay, but... There's no third gender. I hate to tell you. There's as many identities as, as the imagination can come up with, right? That's what the gender neutral pronouns are for. 
which is even the wrong way of saying it. Gender is between male and female. I'm not one of these traditionalist assholes that's like, marriage is between a man and a woman. I'm not that fucking guy. I'm just talking from the little that I know scientifically. I thought gender was determined by chromosomes. That's it. Everything else is identity. So I think this Dutch court ruling is really fucked up. And I think it's really, really weird that a bunch of so-called educated people cannot look at the science behind this and is just pandering again to this progressive liberalism bullshit that's just taking us down this like snowflake route like don't hurt my feelings give me everything I want no matter what it's just fucking pussies all over the place all over the place everybody's a fucking afraid to offend somebody or piss somebody off or state an opinion that it may be off the cuff or maybe a little bit right of like center or left of center or upside down or a bit inside out. I mean, fuck, can we stop losing our individuality? Just because you're a man or a woman doesn't mean you're the same as all men or all women. You can still be an individual. Why do you think you need to go against proof and science and fucking fact? It just irritates me it just irritates me i think we're just falling in to this i mean i've talked about it before it's like the oppressor versus the oppressed it's like i just fucking i don't know any other way to put it it's just pussies everywhere everybody's offended by something everybody's so goddamn sensitive and i just i you know for as misogynist as this is going to sound, I wish everybody would man the fuck up a little bit. Fucking struggle, man. You don't, people in this fucking, in this part, like, there's struggle and then there's struggle. Nobody, everybody's lost perspective, it seems. I'm sitting here watching the rain come down and I'm just thinking like, how bad some people actually have it. How bad some things actually have it. You know the Chinese dog eating festival is in a couple of days? Again? We don't give a fuck about animal rights. We don't give a fuck about, like, about anything other than what's in our bubble. In our echo chamber. Things that reinforce our thinking. I saw a video the like a couple days ago. Broke my fucking heart. It was about the Chinese dog eating festival. And it was about it, it was a video of it was only like a four second clip, thank thank God. But it was a German shepherd held down on his face by a uh, dog catcher like stick with the noose around it, and he was being blowtorched. You know? There's 1,500 kids in America somewhere that are unaccounted for that came from Mexico or somewhere in Central or South America to try to make that journey up to the Mexican border 
and got either separated from their families along the way, but arrived at the border alone or found at the border alone. 1,497. Trying to get a better life for themselves, to send their fucking families money. I mean, what are we talking about? Struggle. Perspective, man. Perspective. Some things are science-based. And that's okay. Science is already doing its best to prove itself wrong. That's the nature of, of scientific work, right? And peer review and so on and so forth. We don't need your opinions to come in and just try to determine a new set of facts. You can have your own opinion. You can have your own identity. You can't have your own facts. It doesn't work that way. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, speaking of those uh, 1,500 kids, I, I, it's worth clearing, clearing something up, right? Because, like, I'm all for shitting on people and 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 giving them hell when they're fucked up and and when they're and when they're talking shit and when they're when they're doing things that, in my opinion, need to be called out. And and I'm just talking here about those 15, that claim of 1,500 kids. Because a lot of the, the media out there, and I fucking hate the mainstream media. I, had, I have to say it's garbage. It's junk. It's irrelevant. And it's just, right now, it's, hit, it's like hit squads. It's just a hit squad from one side versus a hit squad from another. It's, you know, they take aim. They try to nail that motherfucker. And then they're out on something else. Um, so I can't stand these guys. I think they're... I think they're losing their, they've lost their way, let's be honest. The only reason that um, that they survive is because their audiences, and for the most part, most people in general do not think for themselves, so they just consume this mass um, eruption of daily content, um, and, and, and therefore they can survive off ad revenue, off of uh, partnership deals, off of things like that. But... <laughs> I don't, I try not to play that game. Sure, I have my biases and things like that, but I try to stay as impartial as possible. If, that, if that's, I don't know if I'd say, I just try to look at the thing in the right way and that's my bias. I try to be biased to the correct way of thinking about a subject. Like I try to make sure that I'm considering everything and that ultimately there is a right side and a wrong side of history. And I think that moral compass for a lot of people is gone um, or just completely fucking ignored. But anyways, getting off track a little bit there. Um, my problem with the mainstream media is no matter what, they will not shift from their side which causes the division that we see basically across the society, right? And they've they've jumped on this number 1500 and they've swung it. And they've swung it to say 1500 kids separated from their families because of the Trump immigration process or immigration policy or whatever. 
And that's not true. Now, I don't like Trump as much as the next guy, but we levy bullshit on him that's not true, and it calls into question the claims that are. Does that make sense? It's the crying wolf scenario, right? It's it's the boy that cried wolf scenario. You can't call you can't call bullshit on the truth. And you can't make a claim something just because it fits your side of the narrative. So the the truth of the matter is, looking into it a little bit, the truth of the matter is 1,497, I believe the number is, children are unaccounted for. Cannot be counted for. But those children as a whole, it's saying, arrived without parents. They arrived alone. So they weren't separated from their family. They were uh, given to sponsors and, and things like that. In a lot of cases, that was family. Um, but the problem is they're unaccounted for. And the problem is they can fall into the sex trade, the drug trade, the, uh, you know, the cheap labor force, you know, all of these other things. So it's still a, a gross misconduct in terms of how it's been handled 100% because nobody wants to claim responsibility for monitoring these children after they're in the system. Nobody wants to claim that responsibility. So there is a miscarriage of justice here in terms of, you know, how we handle these, these migrant children. But it's not true to say that they were actively separated from their families. Like they arrived at the board and they said, mom and dad over here, kids over here. And they said, see, send them in a bus uh, to completely different locations. That is not true. And that needs to be reported accurately. Because if it's not... You lose credibility. And if I can't trust you on one thing, then that means I can't trust you on anything. But the problem is that we reside in these echo chambers and we don't question these things. So people who are avid CNN listeners see, an, uh, see, a, uh, you know, see a headline there saying Trump administration separates uh, 1,500 migrant children from families. People who listen and read CNN daily are going to believe that. And they're not going to investigate further. And that's that's the problem with social, with, with social media for fucking goddamn sure. But that's the problem with the mainstream media. Is the agenda becomes more important than the truth. And that's the same with politics. The party becomes more important than the people. And that's a real issue for me. And hopefully one of the reasons that this podcast will live and grow and survive is that with everything that I can kind of, everything that I can put into it, I just, I wanna be as truthful and as honest as possible. I don't have an agenda here other than just to talk about issues that I feel are holding us back, um, detrimental to our progression um, and and, and cause us to veer down a pathway that's not, not sensible, not rational, 
And who the fuck am I to make that call, right? And who the fuck are you to listen to it? You could tell me to go fuck myself right now and turn turn it off and go back to whatever echo chamber you're in. Your choice, your prerogative. But the only the only thing here that I want to do is 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 affect positive change and maybe motivate some people to get off their ass and 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 feel better about themselves. That's it. You know, I have fun doing this. I have fun doing this, but I'm I'm doing this also to be critical of things that need to be criti- criticized. Um, the mainstream media is 100% up for some major, major criticism and some major, major changes. It needs to get back to real investigative quality journalism. Simple as that. The 24-hour news cycle fucked news forever. Without a doubt. So, you know... It's a shame, but they have to be held accountable to this, right? As do, as do the social media companies. I read today that Papua New Guinea are shutting Facebook off across the country. Shutting Facebook off. And the, the reason they said is to see how it affects the population. To see if there's a, I don't know what metrics are involved. Um, I don't know what controls they're going to put in place. Um, But I have to say that, like, I kind of think I already know the outcome. I I think I already know that that the the people are going to be happier without social media. Like, more, I've said this before, right? Social media to me is a distribution platform for this show. Because I'd be foolish not to know the world I exist in and not to utilize them for the reasons that I, uh, that I can use them for. And I don't care what I put on there. I put the same sort of, the same sort of commentary and the same sort of thoughts as I do on this show. If I don't like something, I put it there and I tag that person in it. You know, whether that be a company or a politician or a celebrity or whatever. Nobody is above being called out because we all put our pants on one leg at a time and we all sit down to take a shit. You know? Nobody's beyond criticism. Nobody's beyond criticism. So they need to be called out. Zuckerberg needs to be called out. I mean, the European testimony, which I thought was going to be a a damn sight better than the American, was just the same circus with a different name on the front of the big top. That was all it was. It was such a fucking joke. Oh, he didn't answer anything. He didn't answer anything. And now GDPR is in effect, right? Let's see, let's see. Because they're continuing to rape our data, for sure, right? There's been nothing enacted. Like, I mean, my Facebook privacy policy update, I mean, I didn't notice anything in there, really. I just think these companies, man, they need to be held more accountable than they are. That's what I think. I think I think it's too easy for these companies to grow huge and become unaccountable like to anything. Like I, okay, so I got back off the bank holiday, right? And my Spotify account's been hacked. My fucking Spotify account's been hacked. Who the fuck I know they want my credit card details and shit like that. But I'm just like my my Spotify account, like it's such an inconvenience 
not made any better by Spotify. So I come home, I try to get on my, uh, I get on my Spotify account on my phone just to set up my playlist for going to the gym today and the rest of the week, so on. I can't get in. And at that moment, I get an email from Spotify saying, we've changed your email address from this to this. And I'm like, what? So I'm going to read you some of the email that I got from Spotify. Where is it? Spotify, we've updated your email address. This is from no-reply at Spotify.com. So it seems legit. It's got the it's got all the branding, you know, it's got all the same typeface, um, all the same fonts, etc. So it's changed my address, uh, my email address from a Hotmail account to a Gmail account that is not an illegible name. And it says, if you didn't mean to do this, like contact us and let us know, right? So I contacted them. They're like, oh, thanks for getting in touch. Click this link. And if that doesn't work, click this link. Reset your account or reset your password and that'd be fine. Well, my email address has been changed, right? So how the hell am I supposed to do that? Because if, if my account's been hacked and somebody's got access to this email, if I use that email, they're gonna have access to the account. So what I need to do is talk to somebody, explain the situation, it'll take two minutes and hopefully they can uh, deactivate my account, but keep all my songs and all my all the shit that I've curated over the past few years of being a Spotify premium member, right? So I say, that's not working. They're like, oh shit, okay, here, sorry to hear that. Click this link. This link goes to an email. They're like, write us an email, send us an email, and we'll get back to you. So I wrote an email about 28 hours ago, and I haven't received a response. They're like, make sure you check your junk and your spam. Done that. Nothing. So I've been tweeting them out on Twitter. The only response is we've DM'd you, and the DM has the link in it, and I can't access the link because I don't have a fucking email address that works Spotify. So how come I can't talk to somebody to say, hey, what I need is this. Oh, because the $9.99 or whatever you pay for Spotify per month, that's not enough for Spotify to actually employ some real fucking people to help with phone support. They haven't even gone ahead and thought, but you know what, maybe we'll outsource source this to India or somewhere else where everybody else that has a call center does. Nope just not offering it. So now I don't have an account. I'm paying for a premium account. I've got no recourse in terms of Spotify's um, ability to speak to me about how I can reset my account or protect my details any further because for the last three days, someone else, whoever changed my fucking email, has presumably got access to my account. So I'm paying for a service I can't use that somebody else is potentially using and the company I'm paying that membership for, that subscription for, has no way of helping me. Excuse me? What the fuck are we talking about? How can a company the size of Spotify, with as many customers as Spotify, not have any phone service? Have any phone communication? Have any phone 
troubleshooting parameters within that fucking company. How can that be possible? How can it be possible? They have millions of subscribers, right? Millions of subscribers that pay at least a tenner every month. How many subscribers does Spotify have? Let me figure this out real quick while I've got you guys on the line because, oh, there's some thunder. My dogs are freaking out. Right, let me just check this out. How many subscribers? I should have said it first and then Google would have picked it up on the microphone. Um, does, oh, deleted it. How many subs does Spotify have? Let's have a look. So, in April, or in January, there was an article that said um, it has 70, Spotify announced 70 million subscribers in January. So, I don't know how many of them are paying subscribers, like a premium subscriber or whatever, like I am, uh, but, you know, hire some fucking people to answer the phone. So what's my recourse now? I had to keep shouting at him on Twitter, seeming like a whingy old woman, and it's my only form of recourse because they haven't even sent me a fucking email like they were supposed to, right? So this is what I mean. There's no accountability for this this company. Where's the, where's the accountability for a user having a hacked account when we just had a GDPR um, go into effect? And they're saying, here, fucking email me. Email me. We'll get back to you. We answer all of our emails. We'll get back to you. When? When? So I've gone three days without the service now, at least that I know of, because I didn't check it. Um, I haven't checked it since Thursday, uh, Thursday morning. So what's that? Five days, something like that. Four days. It's just there's no accountability. That's my problem here. There's no accountability. There's no one for, for anybody to say, hey, you guys are fucking up. Do something to fix this problem right now because I'm a paying customer and without me, you're fucking nothing. You pay your artist diddly fucking shit. You misappropriate your money. That's why you're doing an operating loss. And now a user comes to you and I'm not saying like my problem is everything. Like, I'm sure they get a, a million of these complaints. And if they do, that's even more fucking reason to have people on the other end of the phone. But you can't do nothing when a user's ha um, account is hacked. <clears throat> you can't send them, just send them a fucking link and here, hope for the best. There is nuance and you need people for that. So that's just pissed me off because, you know, that... And the other social medias out there, because like you know, yeah, Spotify is a social, um, a music service, but it's also a social thing as well, you know. But uh, it just fucked me off. The thunder, uh, <laughs> the thunder is uh, is rumbling here, and and one of my dogs is is absolutely terrified of it, and she always needs to come up and and snuggle into my titties and <laughs> and and squeeze. Are you okay, Bubba? And squeeze as hard as uh, hard as she can, bless her. Um, yeah, it's a pretty shitty day in London today. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, but 
Oh, that's what I wanted to tell you. If you haven't... Here, this part of the show is brought to you by IMDb. Search anything about anyone that was in a film anytime. Um, if you guys haven't seen The Handmaid's Tale based on the Margaret Atwood um, story, give it a crack. its uh, I always forget her name, but it was the woman that was a sec- Don Draper's secretary in Mad Men. Anyways, you've probably seen it or you've seen the previews for it or you've seen the, the ads for it or whatever. When I looked at the just the poster of it or whatever, I was just kind of like, fuck, Handmaid's Tale. Wasn't interested at all. But then you figure out it's based on... Because I didn't read the Margaret Atwood novel. So when I read the description about what it is, even that doesn't do it any justice, right? Because there's always dystopian this and that and, you know... Uh, films made of like a, a, a post-revolution time or post-war time and, you know, how things have fallen apart and, you know, all this shit. This one's, this one's fucking, this one's crazy. <laughs> this one's crazy. It's a, uh, it's, if you don't know, it's a dystopian future set after a religious faction by all accounts. I think that's where it's going. Anyways, I haven't seen the whole thing. Um, a religious faction has taken over the United States government and uh, they've. one of the motivations behind it is because the birth rate is declining and uh, one out of five pregnancies survives, I guess, now, but only, you know, 2% of the population are even fertile. So... So they basically kidnap these women to become breeders. Um, everybody else has escaped to Canada. <laughs> sure, fire, right? Get to Canada. Um, and it just goes from there. But it's dark. Whew, it's dark. Check it out. Check it out if you haven't seen it. It's, uh, it, it's worth a watch. I think. Um, so yeah, what else? What else? Oof, we smashed through a couple things, and it's not even 45 minutes yet. That's good, eh, Keeks? That's good, isn't it, Bubba? Okay. Um, I think we'll end on just a recap of uh, the UFC that was in Liverpool this weekend. But also, um, also the um, Bellator 200 that was also in the UK this week, and that was in uh, that was in London. Um Michael Venom Page just put on an absolute clinic, absolute clinic against this guy uh, who was nicknamed Caveman, who was dancing around with him for about two or three minutes before uh, Michael Venom Page hit him. I think it was in the second round. Uh, hit him with a with a right as he was coming in, and he hit him so clean. And so hard, he, f- he guaranteed fractured his orbital bone, um, but the fighter quit. He wasn't knocked out, he was just hurt, um, and he quit. It was it was amazing. I mean, Michael Venom Page is such a phenom. Um, he's, he's such a crazy 170, uh, 170 pounder. It, it's just insane. Like, he's now, I think... 17 and 0 or 15 and 0 something like that he's uh he's on a tear um that was definitely the highlight of that card uh but also Gegard Mousasi finally getting a title uh you know after he's left the UFC you know he I mean this guy's beaten everybody 
beaten everybody. And he just wouldn't, they wouldn't give him that shot. They wouldn't give him that shot. And so he left the UFC and went to Bellator. They gave him that shot and he fucking did it in one round. So congrats to Gegard Mousasi um, on getting uh, getting the belt. I mean, he's been a champion everywhere else, so um, except the UFC. So good on him. I mean, he's had like 60-odd professional MMA fights. Um, so it's about time he gets one in, in one of the bigger organizations. So congratulations to him. Congratulations to MVP. Keeping it rolling. The win streak is alive and true. Um, and then the UFC, man, uh, you know, it was a decent card. It was a decent card. Uh, there were some good fights on there. Um, what's the guy's name? Amir Khani. He he looked really good. Uh, what was was it? Sam Smith or something like that. He looked really good. Um, and but we were all about the main card or the main event. Sorry, and it didn't disappoint, in my opinion. Now. Anybody listening that's an MMA fan and has an opinion on this, listen. If you're questioning the decision, I get it. I get it. But that's a different and separate problem with MMA judges. Okay? In terms of the fight itself, the fight itself was great. I mean, you're talking about a guy that's 10 years younger than Wonder Boy, right? Just a hungry, hungry animal of a fighter um, who... By the way, missed weight by three and a half pounds, which is not a good look, but apparently there were some personal issues there. I haven't watched the post-fight press conference yet, um, but apparently something was wrong with his his girlfriend who's expecting a baby. So I get it. I get it. You're allowed a one-off. You're allowed a one-off, but you got to check that for next time. If you want to be what you say you want to be, which is undisputed, the greatest fighter of all time, you cannot be missing weight. It's as simple as that. There's only two things that you control, and that's training, getting ready for the fight, and being on weight. Get your mind right, get your weight right, and that's it. That's all you got to worry about. Everything else is out of your control. Those two things rest in your hands. You got to get them right, especially if you want that legacy. George St. Pierre never missed weight. He's the greatest of all time, in my opinion, besides John Jones. But John Jones is a fucking smash head and uh, you know, his legacy is in question. So he cannot be put in that conversation. People who are champions, unadulterated champions and beacons of professionalism within the sport can be considered, in my opinion, the greatest of all time. And that resoundingly is GSP. Not to mention all of the accolades that he's got to his name, all of the records he's got to his name, And the fact that he made the greatest comeback in combat sports history, in my opinion, coming back after four years going up a weight class and fighting a champion and winning the belt in in decisive fashion with, you know, what was almost a KO on that left hook, but then choked him out. GSP is my favorite fighter of all time. It just so happens I think he's the greatest fighter of all time. Because of all of his attributes, not just physical, but also the way he represented the sport, evolved the sport, and uh, and really took a uh, took a stand on performance enhancing drugs. So, if you want to be that man, if you want to be the goat, if you want to be the greatest of all time, uh, Darren Till, it's it's a one off, mate. It's a one off, you know. And nobody's gonna remember this. Nobody's going to remember this in a couple of fights because hopefully you're going to have a gold belt around your waist and we're off to the races. You are now the face of English MMA. You are 
looking to become the face of UK MMA and then global MMA. And all of that is within your hands because he's got, I mean, you know, I'm kind of talking at him. I'm kind of talking about him. He's got everything. He's got everything. He's got the talk. He's got the look. He's got the attitude and the overall intensity. He's got a mean set of skills to back it all up with. And he's a big-ass motherfucking 170, right? So he's got to get that belt, shovel on up to 185, and take it from there. Because I reckon up to 205 is no problem for this guy. I reckon it's no problem for this guy. He fought five rounds, having the weight issues as well. I mean, very, very good. Against Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, who is just exceptional, right? I mean... Such an exceptional striker. Another one who, you know, if he would have just gotten a title, I think it might be past him now, but if he would have gotten a title, he could have really made an impact, really made a run because, you know, he's nothing but a nice guy, nothing but a professional. Um, But they gave the decision to Till. I don't agree with a unanimous decision, not by any stretch of the imagination, but I understand that they're like, "Ah," you know, people from Liverpool, you know, they're swayed by the crowd as well. At the end of the day, Wonderboy beat him in significant strikes, but Darren Till had a knockdown, the more significant strike. Um, he was the aggressor. He controlled the octagon, so I get it. Um, but Wonderboy is also a counter-striker, so that's within his style. Um, you know, Darren Till is a an aggressive fighter, and that works well for Steven, uh, for, for Wonderboy. So, of course, that's what he was looking at, but just a massive, massive congratulations to Darren Till because now we're off, right? Now we're off to the races. Now we've got some of the domestic endorsements coming. Now we've got some of the TV appearances. Now we've got some of the radio appearances. Now we've got the spotlight on us, certainly here. But they're going to take him to Vegas next. Dana White's already said so. And they're going to make him a star. They're going to try to make him a star. So as long as he keeps his mind right, as long as he keeps his training right, as long as he stays healthy, the sky is the limit for this kid because he is a bad motherfucker. Um, so if you haven't seen the fight, give it, a, give it a crack on YouTube. It's definitely worth a watch. You can see it up there. Um, no problem. Uh, but it was a hell of a fight. And... And, you know, just like that, we've got a brand new star, right? We need superstars. We need superstars. You got to bring this roster up. But these guys have to help themselves. And and Darren Till, I mean, if you haven't seen his victory speech in the Octagon, watch that. He's ready fucking, he's ready for anybody. So it's going to be real interesting. It's going to be real interesting. Of course, we've never really seen him on the ground too much by a real, real high-level high guy, but I'm sure that will come. I look forward to it. But massive congratulations. Lots of congratulations going out today, guys. Lots of congratulations going out today. We got congratulations to Ireland. We got congratulations to Darren Till. We got congratulations to everybody that's listening because you've made it to the end of the show. We're going to wrap, guys. We've, we've done almost an hour. Um, which I think is good for, uh, you know, for the start of the week. But I got to go look after these puppies because they're having an absolute conniption fit with this thunder you can probably hear in the background. So that's a wrap. Thanks for listening. 
Number 35 is in the books. Um, we appreciate you. Get this on iTunes. Get this on SoundCloud. I was going to say get this on Spotify, but these motherfuckers keep fucking me around. I don't even know if I'm going to bother. Um, it's not like I can upload it anyways because I can't submit an application because I don't have an account. Um, anyways, sorry, not to take it back there. Um, get us on iTunes. Get us on SoundCloud. Facebook and Twitter are updated uh, with new shows, so you can get links there as well. And give us some feedback, guys. Rate the show it helps people find it. Comment on it, what you like, what you don't like. Engage with us. Ask us stuff. Tell us what you want on the social channels, and uh, and we'll come back to you guys. We want to hear from you. So, so that's all the details you need, and that's all the show we got. So until next time, going to try to bring another one back to you this week. Uh, we will we will see you later. Um, again, thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate the support as always, um, and look forward to coming back at you real soon. So. Until next time, all the best, guys.